Hello, folks. Good to have you with us on Red Barn Radio. I'm Brad Becker. Tonight we are in our 21st season of Red Barn Radio, and we welcome you to show number 789. Our guest this week is three-time Grammy nominee guitarist and composer Douglas Laura. Though a classically trained guitarist, Douglas is a player who takes the instrument to new places, working comfortably between a range of genres. He's collaborated with renowned artists from Yo-Yo Ma and Paquito de Rivera to jazz clarinetist, saxophonist, and band leader Annette Cohen. Douglas Laura has established himself as a prominent artist of his generation, and we are pleased and privileged to have him here in Lexington to share his gift with Red Barn Radio listeners. Welcome, Douglas Laura. Thank you. 
Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Well, we've got Roots Music Southern Style tonight, all right. Douglas Laura comes to us from Brazil. He's performed extensively at the most important theaters and concert halls in the United States, Europe, Asia, and Latin America. Douglas has more than 15 albums where he's featured playing solos, duos, trios, and also in larger ensembles as part of the Brazilian samba band Caraivana. His duets with Spanish singer Irene Atienza, as well as his two film scores, are critically acclaimed. What a pleasure to have Douglas Laura on Red Barn Radio this evening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brad. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here. I love Lexington. I love Kentucky in general, and, and, and Lexington especially. And it's great to be back and being part of this amazing, amazing program at the Red Barn. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity of sharing some music from my country, some of my own compositions. I just started this program playing one of my own pieces called Quasi Un Tango, which means almost a tango. I say almost a tango because there's a lot of Brazilianness into it, but it's based on the tango on the Argentinian rhythm, and it's dedicated to the French composer, Roland Dianz, that wrote extensively and intensively for, for classical guitar. So now I'm going to share uh, some, something from Brazil, a composer that I love called Garoto. Garoto is the nickname that he got. Garoto means kid. And he got this nickname because he was a virtuoso since he was very young. He actually passed away very young. He was born in 1915 and passed away in 1955, so he was 40 years old. So I'm going to play two shoulders by Garoto, strongly influenced by jazz harmonies. The first one uh, is called Choro Triste Number no. 1, uh, Sad Choro Number no. 1, and then Jorge do Fusa by Aníbal Augusto Sardinha, as known as Garoto. Thank you. 
Well, my parents, they lived in the United States during the 70s. Actually, I was born here. Right before they moved to Brazil, they just waited for me to be born, and then they moved back to Brazil in 78. So there was a lot of influence, a strong influence of uh, rock and roll, right? Beatles, Pink Floyd, um, Led Zeppelin, Stone, Led Zeppelin, and a even national uh, Brazilian rock, you know. So when I was seven, my mom used to play the guitar and the piano by ear, very musical. She comes from a very musical family. My father, in his family, there are some musical people too. It was a musical house. When I was seven, I asked mom, can you, can you teach me a few chords here, you know? And she did, and she told me how to tune the guitar, and I immediately started to play the chords and, and write my own kids' songs, you know. And my sister also playing, playing the piano. My brother, which, who is a, an amazing percussionist nowadays, uh, he always played the drums, the percussion, so we, we, always, we were always making music, you know. It was a very natural, natural thing. Nothing was imposed. It was very uh, encouraged you know, by both my parents. So I own everything for them.
elements uh, of music do you think initially captivated you? It's, it's hard to say what specifically, but a combination of everything, the sound, like the, the textures, you know, the tones, the rhythm, obviously, the power of expression, right? It's such a strong vehicle that the music is to, to express these subjective feelings, emotions, thoughts, or messages, you know. Even before we played, I remember we took these tennis rackets, you know, and pretend that we were playing uh, to the sound of recordings, and we're doing our little shows there. You know, Air guitar. You know those little toys, uh, G.I. Joes, you know? Oh, yes. So the G.I. Joes, I remember me and my brother, we were taking the G.I. Joes and putting them like this, you know? <laughs> Most kids were putting them in other positions. Um. Yes, one behind a little, little piece of wood, so that was the keyboard, you know? Like and then, yeah, I remember that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great.
you started to recognize that you had sort of a passion for the instrument that made you want to study it, take on what brought you to this place today. Was there a teacher in particular who directed you as a young person to classical technique and classical training? Yeah, after my mama had great teachers, I had very important figures in my life. I played electric guitar for many years while I was still a teenager. And we had rock bands, me and my brother, you know, like we even toured a little bit around our hometown, making shows. We played every weekend on the local bar. In the United States or? No, no, everything in Brazil. This is back. Everything in Brazil, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, was, I came to Brazil when I was three months old. So, oh, gotcha. so yeah, I just came here much later. Then uh, I decided it was time to go to college, right? And then I decided to, uh, to study music in college. Because in Brazil it's a little different. We don't have music in high schools. We don't have that. You know, so it's only when you get to, to go to college that you have to take the decision. You know? So then I always loved the acoustic guitar, actually better than the electric guitar. So I decided to study classical. And also I have uh, uh, an uncle, the brother of my mother, and he told me once that, hey, man, you, ha- you got to study classical guitar, my uncle Elio. You gotta study classical guitar because if you learn the, the technique and how to produce the sound, you can play any style you want. And, and that's true.
We're back with more Red Barn Radio after this break. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Red Barn Radio, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. I have a classical career, but I also play other styles, and I use what I learn in the classical world uh, to, to improve my playing other styles. You, know? you are doing some solo touring now, yeah. but previously you've played with your brother. Was that a trio? Well, I still play with them. I, I, I kept uh, right. keep parallel lives. I play with my brother since I was seven years old, since forever, right? We have a duo now. He's a great handpan player. You know the handpan instrument? Looks like a UFO, you know, or, or uh, the, the shell of a turtle. You know, like he plays... It's like a steel drum? Something like that, but the opposite, you know, the opposite angle. Oh, know? okay. He's a world-renowned uh, handpan player, and we have a duo, guitar and handpan, I have a, a trio that came here to Lexington several times with my brother, Alexandre Lora, and the mandolin player, Dudu Maia. We toured a lot with this trio. This trio had a Grammy nomination as well. Uh, it's very important in my life. I also have a guitar duo, classical guitar duo, called Brazil Guitar Duo. And we've been together for 25 years, since we were 18, I think, something like that. We also tour a lot, we work a lot. It's very important for me as well. All the works that I have are long-term relationships and they are part of my heart, part of, I could not let anyone go. So you said the Caraivana, the band in Brazil. I have this duo with Irene Atienza. A lot of different projects. And do you compose music for all of those projects yeah. as well? Yes. So I like to write music in different styles. I like to write orchestral music, like let's say, I don't want to say classical, I want to say concert music to play to be played in concert halls. I like also to play, to, 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 to write uh, shorter themes and songs. The more I write and the more I think that these lines are getting blurrier and blurrier, you know, between concert or serious music and folk and popular music. There is a place in between them where they can, they can live together and they can. The music that I play here on my solo program is a good example of that.
It doesn't seem that you gravitate towards simple pieces of music. No, some of them are more complex, you know. I consider my music very simple. I own compositions. I like the simplicity of the music, you know. Maybe I'm thinking about the complexity of the technique required to play them. Yeah, okay, yeah. Simple to you, complex to me, good enough. Okay, good enough, yeah, good enough. Good enough. Very good. talk a little bit more about that instrument. I, I know that people have been watching on the live stream and are looking and seeing that peg in the back, yeah. uh, the peg in the back there, and they're wondering, what in the world? This particular instrument is a Sergio Abreu guitar, amazing luthier from Rio de Janeiro, and he likes to do this here on the handle, so he likes, to, he doesn't want to change, but usually what you have when you have seven string guitars, you have four knobs here and three here. But specifically, this this luthier likes to to use a, a hidden knob here for the fourth string, so so it doesn't change, you know, the size of the. Kind of like the symmetry of it. Me too. Yeah. Me too. That's yeah. nice. Why is it that that seventh string exists on your classical instrument, but wouldn't necessarily on the classical instruments that are purchased here in this country? Yeah. Well, the seventh string guitar is a very common instrument in Brazil principally to play choro music or samba. It was brought by Russian gypsies, because in Russia there is a seven-string guitar. You know, It's completely different, it's tuned differently. But it arrived in Brazil at some point. The nature of this music, of the choro music and the samba music, it's very polyphonic. So you have a main melody, and you also have these counter-melodies happening underneath. 
In the beginning, these counter melodies were played by, by other instruments, by saxophone, you know, by other horn instruments. But soon, there was a, a main figure in this whole story called Gino, Gino Sete Cordas. He was the guy that kind of started to apply these counter melodies into the seven string guitar, like in, in the bass. So we, there's, no, there's no bass in these ensembles. The seven string guitar does a part of the, of the bass, right? So this is why we have this extra low string here. And that low string is tuned to different notes. Traditionally, it's tuned to C, right? A third, a third below the E, right? But you can do whatever you want with it. You can tune in B or A, you know? For me, it depends on the key of the piece that I'm playing. So I want to have an open string, an open bass to help me in these crucial moments of the, you know, even for, for the dominant, for the fifth degree, or for the one, you know. Well, I'm starting to speak in very specific terms here, but yeah, depending on the key of the song, I like to tune, to tune the seventh string in a different way. So it helps, it helps the, you know, the playability. Sure. Yeah.
I really want to dig into the music of Brazil. You've raised the name Chora, for instance. Choro, yes. Choro. Is, is this um, a type of song? Is it a genre? Yeah. It's a genre. Okay. It's a genre that embraces several different rhythms, including the choro as a rhythm itself, just to make things more complicated. The choro is the name of a genre and, and one of the rhythms that it embraces, you know, like in this big umbrella. And the choro is maybe the most authentic music from Brazil, uh, at least the most authentic urban style from Brazil. The story of the choro is very interesting. Of course, I could spend hours here speaking, talking about choro. We do, like me and the trio, we, we do workshops here in the United States talking about teaching that. There's a lot of people here in America playing, amazingly playing this, this type of music, choro music. So it's basically instrumental music, really, really summarizing it. Its origins comes from, from the dances brought by the Portuguese royal family when they moved to Brazil in the beginning of the 1800s. The king from, from Portugal, Don John VI, he was running away from the Napoleon troops at that point, and he went to Brazil, 1808. He took everything he had with him, you know, like uh, you, you wouldn't do like a, a cross-Atlantic trip that just with a backpack, right? You, you have to, to bring everything. Like they moved the capital. Rio de Janeiro was the capital of Portugal for a very short period of time. So they brought all the cultural life that was surrounding the, 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 the royal family, including musicians, uh, music scores, instruments. Uh, they built palisades there in Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro became like a European city at that point. And when they, they arrived there, they meet this melting pot of cultures, you know, principally the African. The African influences Brazil is really, really strong. Also the native Indian, indigenous people. And it's all mixed up, you know, it's a melting pot.
music was brought to Brazil, these dances from Europe, the, the waltz, the mazurkas, the gavotas, the scottishes, and principally the polka. The polka was a big hit of, of that time. So this music arrives there and starts immediately to suffer, suffer in the best sense of the word, like to transformations, right? Principally with the African syncopation. So for example, the polka, the polka is... Gets to Brazil and it's it's uh, slowed down and you add some syncopation to it. So that's more or less the machixe. The machixe rhythm is one of the first national rhythms, national styles, and it's also part of the choro genre. So it's more like an approach to this music. The best definition, I think, is like a more syncopated approach to it, like a more freedom in interpretation. So these people from the middle class, principally when you go later on the, on the, on the 19th century, when the slavery is abolished finally, and you have all this, this mixed middle class that have access to this European music and start playing this music in a different way, you know, with cheaper instruments, with guitar, with flute, with mandolin, learning by ear, you know, and adding some, some spices on, on, on it. So more or less, like really briefly resuming, uh, summarizing here, this is more or less what the shoro is. And, and the shoro, of course, it gradually evolved through, through, through the years until it became like the, the standards that we know nowadays of shoro, like the instrumentation, for example, uh, even the form, the, 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 the form of the music, you know, there is a, there is a traditional form. Is Shoto always uh, guitar-forward music? Uh, the guitar is a very important part of the Shoto ensembles, the seven-string guitar, the six-string guitars, but you have also the, the soloists, that could be a mandolin or a flute or a clarinet. You have the cavaquinho, which is a very uh, interesting instrument from Brazil. It's like a small guitar. It's four strings, uh, steel strings, played with a pick, very rhythmic. So it does rhythm and harmony, and, and the chord changes, I mean. It's kind of in the center. And then you have the percussion instrument, the pandeiro, which is like a drum. The, it's call, also called the Brazilian tambourine, which is a, a, not, not a very good name for, the, for, for it. It can uh, misguide you, but it's, it's a pandeiro. It's, this is the instrument that my brother plays also in the trio brasileiro. It's almost like a portable drum set. You know, you have all these different uh, sounds and, and tones and timbres, uh, low and high. Is your brother also living in L.A.? No, 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 no. They live, he lives in Brazil. Ah. Yeah. Thank you. 
thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. More at wookoutamerica.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kathy Stamps. There are so many people to thank for our program. First, Douglas Laura, our guest this evening. We want to thank all of you for listening to our webcast, watching us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and those listening to us on the network of Red Barn stations and, and media worldwide. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Arts Place Performance Hall in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. I agree with Douglas. I cannot bear to see this program end. Can you play one more for us? Oh, yes. Oh, all my right. My pleasure, my pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Brad. Thank you, Ed. Thank you all from the crew here. It's such an amazing experience and a privilege and honor for me to be here. Really, really appreciate your care, your kindness, your professionalism. And it's great to be part of this amazing archive that, you're going, that you guys are building up, you know. Great. Thank you so much.
Red Barn Radio, Roots Music, Southern Style. The best music from the roots of the South and sharing this music with the world.